0: For sure, right? We start to pursue things that will give us financial success or prestige or something else like that. When in reality, it's it's like the golden handcuffs thing. You're doing things for the outcome at the expense of maybe how you've been designed to work most efficiently and to enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Lifestyle Engineer Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chenard, and today I have Thomas Aguirre. Thomas has
1: been how long have you been a coach
0: at Greater Purpose for Tom?
1: Um since t- September of 2016. So over six years.
0: Okay. Six and Time a half. Flies. Years. And, yep. and I we I was discussing and questioning like how do I introduce you, Tom? And he does a lot of things. So we're just gonna dive into it and chat about everything that Tom does. Um one of the big things I really want to talk about today is a little bit of crypto. I uh, So I had Ernie on, um, Ernest Wider, and he talked about blockchain a couple of episodes ago. I had Sean Ryder on. He talked about infinite banking. I'm going to have Stephen McDevlin on to talk about infinite banking for Canada. Um, but Tom also just doesn't know stuff about um, cryptocurrency and um, coins. Let's call it coins too. He also fitness... Uh, software and all this good stuff. So let's just dive right into it. So are you currently still using your TikTok account?
1: I have not been posting as, or really at all, nothing at all for the last like four-ish months. Um, Because, well, I mean, I had a kid about nine months ago and started to try to keep up with it. But I was like, there are a few things that just kind of have to go and I can't spend... A bunch of time right now working two jobs and with a new kid I can't like be spending a ton of time um, trying to I guess there was I guess different priorities in my life so um, TikTok hasn't been used nearly as much but it is something that I've always had in the back of my mind of like hey I should start that back up again but I know obviously the space is the crypto space in general isn't very I guess people are more into it now than maybe they would have been in previous bear markets per se, but there's more attention right. on it, um, which I think is going to be good overall, but it's also a time when people kind of step back from maybe making content a little bit, but, uh, because there's not the hype around it either. Right. So it's not as, it's not as easy to do, but for me, it was basically just, there's something that's got to give here and I can't. I'm not going to spend a couple hours a day, which I was doing making multiple TikToks a day and doing the research to make them and stuff like that. So um, it's kind of, it was something that took off way faster than I ever thought. Cause I kind of started it in maybe 2021, beginning of 2021, I think right when everything was going absolutely insane. And so it gained some traction pretty quick, which was cool to see, but, um. yeah, definitely have taken a bit of a break. Yeah,
0: so I actually want to talk about, because you like learning, obviously, and we talk about principles. We talk about many different things when we chat and have meetings. Um, But what's been the
1: biggest learning experience being a new dad? I would say... The biggest learning experience, well, definitely patience and how how much you can do when you're tired. Like how much you You mean,
0: like how much you're capable of?
1: Yeah, yeah. Like when you would have thought, like beforehand, like oh, there's no way I can function off of like consecutive four or five hours of like nights of three to five hours of sleep. There's no way I could function off of consecutive nights like that. And then right. that's just cause that's all you'd ever known before. Like if you had a night like that you're like, okay, I can just nap the next day or I guess get more sleep the next night or whatever, or I can, you know, figure it out. But when there's multiple days in a row and you you've never experienced that before, I guess you don't know what it exactly feels like. You can never know what it's going to feel like exactly until you've experienced it. So I think that's definitely, um, a big thing that i've learned and then also like you've always talked about like rooting what you do to a reason why and now i've got like one of the biggest reasons why that i'm i would make almost any decision in life right there's a huge little a huge little guy (laughs) just uh, a huge little guy he's i mean he's big obviously in our what influences our decisions now but he's just little but yeah, that's probably the biggest thing I think is having somebody now that like you're making all of your, they're, they're a huge influence in with the decisions you make now. For sure. For sure. Right. And it's that priority ladder mm-hmm.
0: I talk about when I coach people too, is you like priorities and values are awesome to have, but they actually are important to live into. Right. Not just like I, I talk about this. Um, sometimes I mean, Julissa, I've talked about this a lot is when you have priorities, you actually have to live into them. Right. Like to say, mm-hmm. my priorities are faith, family, fitness and my professional life. And those can change. and Those can move around. But like you're saying, when you actually have a kiddo that you got to take care of and make decisions about, you actually have to live into those words so it's a, it becomes about living into words and not just putting them down so your words align with who you are and i would say that is you right and you are family oriented and you want to make sure that you're doing everything possible um for them and it's almost like, like you mentioned it's an anchor right when mm-hmm when Nolan, when you guys had Nolan, it acts as an instant anchor. It puts everything in perspective, what is actually important. And, uh, I think that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. I think there's, I believe it's the, the seven habits of highly effective people. It talks about like the lens in which you view the world through. And like, there's, there's multiple different lenses that people can view it through. Some people view it through like the self lens. So I think there's a social lens and there's also, um, excuse me, there's a spousal lens. And that's, I was like reading what that means. I was like, that's that's me. So it's basically all about, you know, the decisions I make before Nolan where how do I make life easier or better for my spouse? And then now that Nolan's come along, it's like that just ties right into that because it's all about, okay, these are the two people that I care most about in the world. So then everything... That's the way that anyway, my world, like the way that I filter the world and make decisions through that's, I'm viewing everything through a spousal lens, they call it. So even if it's like something super, super simple, I like my brain goes like, if it's like take, taking the garbage out, it's like, does this help my wife? Like, that's literally the, the thought that goes through my head. Mm hmm. And some people would be like... Which is a good thing to have. <laughs> yeah. And some people would just go through it as maybe like... Maybe maybe you're you're not married or you, you don't know what your lens is per se. But like if you start to like... I didn't really realize what I was... What thoughts were going through my head until I read that part of that book. And then realized like how many things... Like that's how I... Yeah, the lens that I see the world through. Like even every little tiny thing is... That's the... That's how I see it. Yeah. That's an interesting way to
0: look about it and think about it too. And so now that you're, so everything you do, who you are, how you choose to live, there's going to be a lot of things that no one's going to glean from that. What has, has there been any epiphanies or insight? What does that look like now for you? How important is that? What do you want? What map do you want to leave for him to mm-hmm. follow into? That's a pretty broad question, but I know you do okay with broad questions.
1: Yeah. Um, I know that, like, there's definitely, I want him to definitely know that I'm here. Like, my presence should be very common and happen happen often right like i um i know that's what one of the bigger reasons why i made a switch recently to have a different job that's mainly work from home i still obviously help out with the gym as well a little bit but the the work from home aspect um means i'm i'm here and throughout the day he he pops into the little office here and says hi or if you know darby's um that's my wife's name by the way if darby has um you know, he's out in the living room playing and all of a sudden he like hits one of his milestones. Like, Oh my gosh, he's, he's crawling or he's rolling over or whatever. Like she just yells my name and I run over quick to like take the couple of minutes to like experience that too. And I mean, not necessarily that he's going to remember that I was here at this point in time, but like, obviously I'm, I'm going to remember being around and being here for all those memories and stuff like that. And when he does get older, um, being able to be be at home predominantly and have that that presence felt a lot more consistently than if I was, you know, away from home a lot of the time. Um, And then another one, another one too, is I definitely want to instill like a love of health and fitness like for him as well, um, because, well, even just like now, like we're conscious of trying to make sure he gets like, you know, some carbs, some proteins and some fats at every meal. Like it's not like <laughs> we're obviously not worried about portion control or anything like that sometimes. And sometimes it's just like he'll eat what he eats, but still being very cognizant of trying to, you know, even from a young age, like start to get good, healthy nutrients into his, his little growing body. Cause that's what they need. And then I've been trying to bring him to the gym a couple of times, um, to see people work out or maybe maybe watch me work out um and he won't understand that now but especially as he grows older I want to introduce him to that a little bit more and set that good example of what it means to live like a live a healthy lifestyle and you know we try to get outside a bunch as a family I mean that, sometimes when he was little that was the only way he he would really calm calm down was to go outside and so we want to try to maintain that as best we can um there's a lot of, a lot of a lot of things that are based around health that I wanna leave an imprint. And then also like the like I said, the father presence in the home as best as I can. Um because like we've even thought about homeschooling him as well. Just because we wanna be his primary influences and not um not send him not that it sounds I mean, that's just the choice that we are wanting to work towards and make. Right. Um, nothing wrong with sending your kids to school. Obviously that's just a choice that we are, have kind of decided want to happen and are working towards that.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, by the time this releases, we'll, we'll probably have a kid over our own. So I can say that now, but that we're, we're going to do the same thing, right. Um, homeschooling. And I think not to say that if people send their kids to public school, there's anything wrong with that, But I. I've learned, like, I was homeschooled the majority of my life, and I really appreciated it um, for multiple reasons, right? Like, the work was at my own pace. I'd go play outside. i could go play more sports. And when I actually went to public school later in life, I noticed how much time was wasted. And this is hmm. nothing to say about the teachers or not. It's just that I can't even imagine how difficult that would be to manage all these different personalities and kids and teens that have are active and they have hormones going on and they I think there needs to be I think what homeschooling affords someone is the ability to help them develop in principles and understand and critically think and see the world in a different way right like mm-hmm. so my mom enabled me to adventure and be creative and which i think has helped me really step into more of the entrepreneurial mindset um and i didn't really know that was a thing and i don't think a lot of kids in school know that's a thing right like obviously
1: you go to business school to open up business but that's just part of it but then there's i mean there's another question too if you go to business school is the person teaching you actually running a business are they running a successful business the person that's teach me that quite often that's maybe they did or like but quite often that's not the case um and like I the I work with someone now who also she homeschools her kids she got two of them and we were on a call one day and they were just like helping their dad it what one or two in the afternoon helping their dad like do some home renovations right like I mean they've they've done their schoolwork already for the day, like they're they're following along the curriculum, they maybe have two or three hours worth of schoolwork that they need to get done to you know maintain pace and whatnot. But then the rest of the day, they're they're doing instead they're learning other stuff, right? Like they're learning a lot of other life skills with um, either their their family or perhaps there's other friends around the community that are doing the same thing and they're out learning, learning in that way. So it's just, yeah, it's a, it's a cool idea. And I think we really want to, yeah, that's something that we're looking towards as well. Yeah, I like that. And
0: we talked a lot about thriving and finding fulfillment in your work. Um, We use something at the gym and in any kind of investment I'm in called the six working geniuses to see what people are really gifted at and where they thrive. And I think homeschooling lends itself well to Helping, helping young minds try to pursue and understand what they want to do, right? And I think a lot of times adults, for sure, right, we start to pursue things that will give us financial success or prestige or something else like that when in reality it's it's like the golden handcuffs thing. You're doing things for the outcome at the expense of, maybe how you've been designed to work most efficiently and to enjoy, mm-hmm. right? Like you, you are wonder and ailment, correct? That's your geniuses. Yeah. Right. So you, you, and I'm wondering invention. So you and I can have amazing conversations on what the potential of something is and mm-hmm. um, how to make it better and where are the missing pieces. And then you like to come alongside people and teach them. And I noticed that early on, it's like, Tom's really good at helping people this way and it's not that I can't but that's one of my frustrations is I am not as gifted at coming alongside people. I can problem solve and I can um, create solutions but it's really cool once you start to become curious about your giftings and your teammates giftings and then start to look at different avenues, conduits of being able to use those giftings. So you currently, like you said, you you still work at the gym. Um, you you bookend that with your current job with Kilo, correct? That's because i've changed from GLM to Kilo. Mm-hmm. So it's a gym management software, and they are growing like crazy, which is awesome. Um, so, what are some things that, in terms of your geniuses, that you like doing in both of your positions right now?
1: Yeah, I would say well, yeah for the for the gym, it shifted a little bit now. Um, I try to, it's mainly coaching and then still a little bit of being, so there's not a ton of wonder necessarily going on with the gym. I don't think, I mean, we, when we meet, then it would, that would, um, kick that up a notch for sure to talk about, yeah. you know, what we, we got to get our do. recurring meetings the, yeah. every couple of weeks. So we can yeah. just sit and wonder, um, but the the enablement part is still happening as kind of the transition has has happened of me taking a bit of a step back and trying to empower and enable the other coaches or you know people that are being trained up to become coaches and helping them be successful as as successful as they can and then in my job with Kilo it's actually like I get to either problem solve like all day long so I get to like not wonder necessarily, but a little bit of there's creativity there for sure. And trying to figure out what's happening or why this isn't working or, you know, how to solve this problem. Or sometimes it's like, not even that it was an issue at all. It's just that the, you know, maybe user error or something like that. Um, But still trying to figure out why this, this is all happening. And then it's, so it's still kind of like asking that why question, right? That We always, you know, people with wonder always want to, know why like why why does this happen the way it does or how can this be better or stuff like that so i do get to have that and then the enablement part comes from um a little bit of i was i'm in a i have a i guess a little bit of a leadership position but there are people that come to to me when they have issues that they can't solve and then if i can't solve it i ask someone upline for myself but The enablement part comes from if someone does bring me a problem that I am like very confident they can solve, then I will kind of walk them through or show them, you know, where to look kind type of thing or like help them solve it instead of because then it's just going to help enable them to solve that problem again in the future if it ever comes up and not every single thing, not every little thing all the time is coming to to me or getting past upline from me either. So it's um it's definitely working to make the overall system, I guess, a little bit more efficient in and that I'm able to empower and enable those people to solve maybe more complex problems if they haven't been able to solve it before. And uh I personally like recording just a loom video of my screen, like all the time, even for for, for this job and for stuff at the gym. Like that's how I feel like I can communicate and ex- and teach, educate as best as I can is when that image is on the screen, I'm walking through exactly what I'm doing and showing the person where to go, where to look. And that's just the way that I've found teaching and enabling has been the easiest, easiest way to do. Yeah, and that I think
0: a lot of our people at the gym appreciate the Loom videos, right? Like we all learn, we all intake things differently. So Loom, for people who don't know, is basically you screen record, you can talk, and we use it as SOPs. So we have written SOPs at the gym and we have recorded SOPs. So someone walking through a process or someone um, writing down a process so someone can follow it um, over the text as well. And you were talking about enabling and like a lot of these are leadership, excuse me, leadership principles as well, right? Is the five levels of leadership. And I can't remember them off the top of my head, but basically you're helping develop leaders that then can then lead leaders and just keeps pushing you up as a leader, right? And um, what is very common in the world today is that a lot of people want to become leaders because they want to be seen as leaders, right? So that's a lot of my true alpha program too is, Not just wanting to become a leader because you want the prestige or you want the accolades or you want the the position that has a certain title. It's actually like leaders are servant hearted. They want to help each other grow. And the more you help people grow and become leaders
1: themselves, the better the organization does as a whole. Right? Yeah. And I think um, Jordan Peterson talks about that a lot like starting with yourself and then your family and then reaching out to like your smaller community and then maybe your town, you know, but it starts with like the leading yourself first and leading your family first. And it's like always like focus on your own backyard before you try to go solve all the other world's problems or before you try to become like a leader of, like a huge corporation, if you can't even lead yourself or lead your lead your family well, not to say that you're gonna like leading yourself is probably one of the hardest things I would say. <laughs> but if you if you aren't doing, if you aren't adequate in those areas, then getting that leadership position or that title is going to be really, really, ah, co- really, really tough. I think because you're not gonna have kind of like we always talk about for coaching too. It's the same principle. Like you. It's best to start one on one then have a one on two then maybe a one on three or a one on four session and you slowly get used to you know training more and more people it's very very similar to in this regard where start with yourself then slowly build it out from there if you're gonna look at um building up leadership anyway and it's I mean we're obviously nowhere near like a John Maxwell type level of leadership but like We've put a quite a bit of work into it over the last few years yeah and always improving always looking to find better ways to do things and communicate with the team and get feedback from the team um you know on how we can be better and communicate better because that's it's almost always the most issues that i've found have come up have always been communication yeah yeah, and learning
0: more about others and how they communicate, and understanding mm-hmm. how to articulate things to them. So something about like Jordan Peterson talks about this a lot. We talk about this a lot, and so in health and fitness in general, it's like personal responsibility, like taking care of yourself before you're telling other people what to do, right? And that's a really let's call it a subject of friction nowadays, right? It's a, there tends to be this thought process that. Everyone has to take care of me and I'm not responsible for other people, but there's so much meaning and fulfillment and purpose in having responsibility, having a responsibility of being a father, a husband, a wife, a leader of an organization, a business. That's like, that's responsibility. I think that gives fulfillment and meaning. And a lot of people are chasing the byproduct of this, but I noticed something, the crypto space, Actually, is a lot about personal responsibility, right? And it's because part of it is that it's not centralized; it's decentralized, right? Like you're you you are responsible for your currency. You're responsible for and even infinite banking, same kind of thing. Instead of just putting it into an investment vehicle that you have no control over, you taking responsibility. You're trying to learn how to better steward. So it's like a, this this idea of stewardship and I know that's a big thing in the crypto space too, right? And in the health and fitness space. So let's jam on that a little bit.
1: Yeah, that personal responsibility theme is common, I guess, across probably most of the people you've talked with so far. And it comes back to, I just, I'm I'm reading a book called Enough right now. And it basically Mm. talks about three different, three basic ways obviously robert kiyosaki has got his esbi quadrant like his cash flow quadrant esbi is a there's there's four quadrants and four ways that people typically earn money that robert kiyosaki talks about e stands for employment s stands for um like small business owner or like yeah you you basically just you bought yourself a job you own the business but maybe you're working in it like all the time anyway so you basically just bought yourself a job And then there's the investor, but then there's big business and the investor. And so big business is where you've got lots of employees working for you and your time isn't necessarily needed to run the business. And then investor is you're kind of, you're investing in the company and you're just passively sitting off the side and you obviously helped maybe with some capital or something up front. And then you get the, get maybe percentage back on that. Um, And then this book enough kind of talks about three he's got three general ways that people um earn money so people earn money by working with their hands so that's like the laborers then there are the people that own the companies that the people you know run with their or the the people that own the company that um, the people work with their hands to earn the money and then there's the last one which is like the people that work with their hands to make the money, Mm -hmm. the people that invest in the companies. Mm -hmm. So that's either like, even if you're still the business owner, you're still probably working with your hands to make the money. But if you, then there's the investor. And then the third call category was the people that make money off of the investors that invest in the companies that the people who, you know, work with their hands to make the money sort of thing. So sounds like inception it, well, yeah. It, the way that it was written in the book, I was like, <laughs> it was like inception. Um, right. but basically he says like, you want to be in both, both categories. Like you want to be the investor and the investor means taking a lot of personal responsibility. So if you are in that third category where you're basically, you're making money off of the investors, that's where we get into like the, um, maybe like the hedge fund manager's who don't really need to, you know, provide a return for you, and they still take their 1% to 2% cut anyway, regardless of if you did well or not. And he's talking about how that kind of, that category of earning does not contribute to society really at all. And the way that you get a like if i'm not talking about like financial advisors that like actually do a good job for their clients and do set them up for success and of course you're paying them for a service that you know you get some benefit from as well but there are yes certain sectors out there and they're huge like there's trillions and trillions of dollars in the derivatives market that quite often just ends up not serving anybody at all so that's like speculating basically he calls them speculators they speculate on whether the price is going to go up and down. They're not actually investing in the company for the long haul sort of thing. And so when yeah, for those both, that don't know derivatives. Sorry, it's like, so let's say there's a stock, one stock, but that stock could be taken out at like 10 X leverage. So say it's the stock is worth $1. I can buy $10 worth of like that same stock and basically leverage my money where I can borrow money to buy more and then can potentially earn higher returns. Right. Um, but in both situations both books, I guess they talk about how the investor is by far like one of the best ways to get ahead. And that all both that all comes down to that personal responsibility thing. You being in charge of what you are investing in, where your money is going, because if you are just handing it off to somebody, you're you're giving your money to somebody to invest for you. Some people really want that, but like you aren't learning, you don't know necessarily if what it's going into. You're have full full trust in that person that they're gonna make the right decisions for you at the right times, which some people don't want that pressure on themselves. But I would rather have control over what's happening there. And like, I enjoy that stuff, I guess. So maybe that's a little bit different, but, um, that personal responsibility is like applicable to a lot of other things too, right? Like if you hire a personal trainer, you can't hire your personal trainer to work out for you. No. So it's the same thing with same thing with investing. I think you can't, you can hire someone to invest for you, but you aren't going to necessarily, have or receive the benefits
0: right yeah and I, I think a lot of it comes down to this fear this fear of well if i take responsibility if i actually say hey this is my responsibility i am then saying that if this doesn't work it is my fault right where a lot of people like to cast i shouldn't say a lot of people that's a, a blank statement but what happens is and I follow this into sometimes myself, right, is through the pandemic as a business owner. It was very tempting to blame other people, other circumstances for why this might not work, why our gym might close down, why this isn't fair. But as soon as you do that, you are passing responsibility of things that are within your control. It's not going to help the situation. And I think that's what a lot of people are falling into now is they're they're passing blame because it's really hard to take responsibility of something that might not work. Right. So if I, and I, I, yeah, if you have a good financial advisor and you trust them and they know you as a person, they get to know you and they want to be a good steward of your money, that's a different story. But if you are just solely reliant on that and you're not learning yourself, you're not learning how you can be a better steward of your money you are putting stewardship of what you've created or what you've gained onto someone else. And that might feel safer, but you're not going to learn. You're not going to grow in that process as much as you would if, Hey, maybe you take responsibility, try an investment, try to do something different. And if you fail, Hey, at least you grew from that and you can try again. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's what I keep noticing over and over again. It's, We have a fear of losing money, as an example. We have a fear of losing status. But what if we are more fearful of not growing and enabling ourselves to have responsibility and to grow things? Because if you don't have that ability, what happens if outside your control, you lose it all? Then what? what are you left with? You're left with having to learn really, really quickly how to manage yeah. and steward your own um, funds. Yeah.
1: Another, well, uh, another word that's very common in the crypto space is self custody. Right. So that mm. means, that means you are, well, even within the crypto space, you can leave your money on a centralized exchange. So that's like, like a Coinbase or like a crypto.com or even like a Binance. Those are... Right. We, you talked about how crypto is decentralized. Well, there are still centralized aspects to the crypto space. And all of the issues that happened in this last year came because of a centralized exchange managing the funds very incorrectly. There, So yeah, there was FTX, there was Luna, there was Voyager, there was Celsius, there was... BlockFi, there was, there were a ton of these entities where basically when you deposited your money with them and you, most people just click, I agree to the terms and conditions, blah, blah, blah. They don't read anything in the terms and conditions. There was something that said, if you deposit your money with us, this, this money is no longer your property. It is the property of our company, right? So a lot of people were, were, Investing into these companies because they were giving a return back, right? Like you could get anywhere from 8 to 15 to 20% just by having your crypto sit there on their account, on their exchange. And people were thinking, hey, this is awesome. Like I don't have to do anything for this. And then they, a lot of them, mismanaged funds. Sometimes they were, these exchanges or platforms were using um, user funds to go out and do this like i talked about before the derivatives they were doing high risk leverage trading and they lost and so then when they lose everything they need to come back and cover all the the debts from before and all the debt they took on to make these trades and then they couldn't do it and so they become insolvent and they go bankrupt basically is what is what's happened to a lot of them and so Moving forward now, I think a lot of people did kind of trust centralized exchanges. there Before, there were maybe a couple that had not worked out and had gone under in years before. But this year, I think, those last couple of years, has really brought back the importance of self-custody, which I said before. Which is, you basically, you don't touch a centralized exchange. You own your own little hardware wallet. Old Starge. Which looks... Kind of like this. I don't know if nobody can see it. Not everybody can see it, but it's just a little like, it's just a little like USB, yeah. Or Ledger or Trezor are two of the best known ones, and you store all of your cryptocurrency on there. Or you don't. Maybe just don't store all of it. Maybe you spread it out a little bit. But I know with with Ledger, with Ledger there is a way to to back it up. So that if you do lose this one, but you remember your passphrase, um, you could get another ledger and set it up and still have access to all of your stuff. Um, right. So, but that again is taking full ownership of what, of your assets, right? Like some people for a long time, they've bought gold and put it in a safe. That's taking ownership of your own assets or, you know, now with crypto it's, they've given you the opportunity to put it onto a cold storage wallet, which means it's never online, can't be hacked into. Um, the only way someone could steal it is if you gave them, usually it comes with like a 24 word secret passphrase. That's got to be input in a, the exact same order as where, when you got it. So unless somebody, you give that willingly to somebody, they are not going to be able to access your, your cryptocurrency. That's scary, right? That too is, because I have that. Um, And they've, uh, there's been horror stories for sure. Like there's, there's one guy, I think he's in, over in Europe somewhere. Don't know what he was doing, cleaning out his house or something maybe and thought it was just a USB and threw it out with the rest of his stuff. Ends up in a landfill and I think he has, I think, I forget the exact amount. It was, it was in the thousands though. He had a couple thousand bitcoin on this wallet like so millions at, and millions of dollars At the peak, right? it was it was worth yeah it was worth millions um and so he yeah you you can if that was maybe earlier on maybe there's obviously more awareness now but i think they do use stories like that and blast them everywhere like you said maybe to create some fear right and because you know there is the potential of of losing it but if you if you know what you're doing you take the right precautions and you you do write down your your passphrase maybe you keep your ledger in a safe or you do have another one on hand to back up that's what i I ended up doing I bought two and so I've got one with my funds on them and then one that's kind of spare for now like secret do. spots yeah and I'm, well some people have their passphrase, Um, yeah, like spread out, spread out, or they have it, even the passphrase itself is in like a concealed container that you need a passcode to get in for that. Mine's steel. Yeah. 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 Or some people, sometimes people will put their, that in like a safety deposit box at the bank. Some people still really do do it that way too. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's the common theme I think that a lot of people in the cryptocurrency learned or a good lesson that they learned this last couple of years was how important self custody is and not to have your money on an exchange for any length of time. Unless maybe like if you are a a trader or a leveraged trader, you obviously need to have some on there, but that just mentioned or that brought to the, brought to the forefront, the importance of obviously taking profits off of the exchange. If you do have any, and not leaving anything on an exchange that you aren't willing to lose because it's very, very obvious that it's happened, you know, a handful to a half dozen times or more to multiple pretty big time exchanges that it can, they can go insolvent and you maybe don't have access to your funds any longer. And that's, I mean, they're going through the courts now and what they're, what they're ruling is that it's, a lot of it is it's it's not it's it's your fault like because you put your money not on reading a...
0: the guideline or the the terms and conditions yep yeah that's tough <laughs> that's tough i mean and like we were talking about that gentleman who lost his
1: mm-hmm. his
0: uh crypto right and the dump, he's been searching in the dump for years and years trying to find it i think there's uh an aspect of mourning what was lost, or, or that's actually going to steal your time and energy from. Oh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Little Nolan's, Nolan's like, hey, I, I got something to say about this crypto space. But it's, when you lose something like that, it can cause you to get stuck in the past and prevent you from actually continuing to move forward, because if we looked at our time equivalent, or even more important and more valuable than money, right? because with your time, you can grow with your time, you can learn. And if you lose something, and you get caught up in what you lost, that's going to prevent you and steal away your ability to actually gain back what you might have lost right? And I think that's the whole chronic and chronic and acute and acute. So what I mean by that is people get stuck doing chronic habits, um, a chronic mindset, and doing the same thing over and over, which leads to a chronic outcome, right? And then let's example in the health and fitness industry, if you eat well, or if you eat poorly predominantly, and you don't exercise, and you don't take care of your health, there are going to be chronic conditions that come up, Right? We are in the midst of that right now, these chronic conditions. And when these chronic conditions are there, we're trying to find acute fixes for these chronic conditions. We're not going to find it. And if we do, there's going to be set side effects to those too, right? Like you have to tar- start to take responsibility and start making the deposits in all important areas of your life, which I say is fitness or physical, mental, spiritual, relational, professional, so that you can glean the byproduct of those investments and not get so caught up in what you haven't done in the past or what you may have lost. Because that's just going to steal your time away and it's going to make you um, a skeleton of who you are because you're never going to be present because you're always going to be fixated on what you lost or what you didn't do. So be present. Be present in the now. Learn from your mistakes in the past and dream and think what's possible in the future.
1: Yeah, I love how that theme is like just spread across almost every sector like making the consistent like deposit like you said making that consistent and i think the analogy that you've come up with for like your fitness as a as a banking system or thinking of it in that way is hopefully really helpful for people because what happens if you haven't been putting any deposits in and all of a sudden you need to make a withdrawal you don't have anything to to you know You don't have anything to pull from. And I think, I think it's Warren Buffett says it. He's like, when the tide goes out, we'll see who's been swimming naked.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, like, we'll see. Well, then, even going back to what you're saying, a start, like being a dad, being a husband, it's not, as an example, it's not that you go on one big grand trip a year. Or you spend a whole weekend with Nolan or with Darby um, every couple months. It's those daily deposits, and it doesn't have to be like I mean, if someone isn't um, able to spend all like you are all day at home. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that it's the small daily deposits, hmm. um, being intentional with your time, being present in your relational account. Those are what add up. Those are what built the yeah. foundation. Not these big grand things. It's like I compare it to trying to win the lottery. Right, you're buying this lottery ticket. You're making an investment, but you're gambling too, right? You're saying, if I win this, I'll be set. Instead of saying, okay, maybe I'll take this dollar, invest it here, or I'll take this dollar, invest it there, and I'll keep doing this over and over and over again until this compounds and builds a stronger foundation in all these important areas of my life. And that's what Thomas is talking about too: is you are making the deposits. As example, in your fitness account. And that's why I talk about the fit five investing system, mental, physical, spiritual, relational, and professional, is you're continually investing in all these categories. You're auditing one out of 10. This is what I usually do when people I coach. One out of 10, what is your fitness at? What is your marriage at? What is your business at? What is your, your purpose in your job at? And then the lowest three, you're going to think of three daily deposits into two to three daily deposits into all those areas to then bring them up to the other categories. Cause it's not about being perfectly balanced. That's not a thing. And if it is a thing, you're going to, you're going to hit it once every three years for a split second. It's about getting out of balance to bring all those categories back up and Tom's
1: back. Yeah. We just had a, a party coming up the stairs. A little bit of squealing. <laughs> it was good.
0: Yeah. And it's just, it's learning these principles, these underlying principles of, investing of personal responsibility of stewardship and knowing that just because we don't like a truth we don't like a principle doesn't make it any less true and i don't know if i've like i've heard it somewhere or maybe i'm just saying it now is just because you don't like gravity and you want to be able to fly doesn't mean you can say You can't live, not live by gravity, right? Obviously you can create things so you can fly and whatnot, but there's still that force of gravity and there's still Mm -hmm. these underlying principles and truths
1: that have been created, that God's created and how the world runs, right? Yeah. You can't, like we talked about before, you can't have somebody work out for you or like you can't, um, have somebody, you know, yeah, you can't fight gravity. You can't, um, just there's so many principles like i'm trying to think of all the principles that we used for like movement resolution for example right that kind of also transfer over into load versus this. capacity yeah load yeah load versus capacity um so that basically means like everybody's got a certain and that can be for that can be mentally that can be physically that can be you said emotionally spiritually relationally everybody's got some form of a capacity at some point where if the load exceeds where their current capacity is at, then either that leads to injury or burnout or you know, a breakdown in a relationship, or who knows what. Like it ties into everything. And just because yeah, you don't like something doesn't mean it's not there. Or doesn't mean it's not a a truth. And I think We've talked about it before too. Like there are things that are actual truths and then there are things that maybe are being made out to be truth. And that is very hard to differentiate. Do you have an example? I, I was just going to, I knew you were going to ask that. And I was like, I know we've talked about a bunch before, but I was like, I none are like coming yeah, to I feel my like head. truths are things
0: that you can hold up. A against multiple facets of life or multiple modalities or multiple categories of life and they stay true Hmm. right like there could be circumstantial methods that might work in different situations or different areas of life that might not be a truth so as an example we're talking about load versus capacity right so you either need to decrease your load so let's talk about this in terms that would make more sense i mean if you're not seeing us You think of a cup of water or just a cup. You're pouring water into this cup. The closer it gets to the brim, the more likely that system is going to break. In this example, you're going to spill over, right? So in the physical sense, load, meaning the water, is injuries in the past. It's lack of sleep. It's maybe you had an argument with someone and that increases load on the system. And all these add up to reach a capacity, a limit, a pouring over point. So you can take this in different averages of life and then say, well, there's two variables you can change. You either can decrease your load in the terms of health and fitness. You can eat better, try to get better sleep. You can increase your strength and increase your flexibility or, and then also, sorry, decrease your load, like doing that, but also increase your capacity. Try to make your cup bigger. And that principle like you said that can be applied to multiple different areas of life so that's how you kind of that's how i anyway i weigh truths i weigh how i these principles and i really like talking about that stuff
1: analogies big fan of analogies mm-hmm. yeah that's a one that goes across as as well as like you said the the small deposits every day into all these different aspects of your life um there was something I was going to come back to about, oh, um, like deposits into a whole life insurance policy too. Like you talked, like we I know you probably talked about that with Sean as well, but you and I are both into that realm and that world as well. And it's again, it's just consistently every month or some people do annually, but annually contributions, but every month contributing something to creating your own banking system in a sense, which also ties into what we talked about before of taking ownership of your own finances, right? So I think, and maybe taking ownership is another truth that needs to be, you know, maybe better um, utilized out there, taking ownership for or I guess, yeah, there, there are certain things that aren't your bag to carry, for sure. Um, but there's a lot of things that, like, even if, yeah, if you get into an argument with your spouse and you feel like it was only their fault and everything that happened was because of what they did, like, that, that's a time to probably take a take some ownership and, like, look back and, like, okay, what did I say or what did I do as well? Like, and asking those questions... That doesn't mean that you need to like constantly be putting yourself down and blaming yourself for everything either. But I think it's, it's a matter of, yeah, asking yourself, like, what can I do differently or what could I have done differently? And then you also learn from it as well when you take that ownership aspect onto it. Yeah, that's
0: really hard, right? Because it's a hit on the ego mm-hmm. to say, hey, I'm not measuring up. I'm not being all I can be. And that is really difficult. But it's really freeing. Um, and it's a never, it's a never ending thing, right? Like even like, I'm like, Hey, I'm not going to be egotistical. I'm not going to, I'm not going to think that I don't have any part to play in my problems. Um, or I am going to, I'm going to take responsibility rather, but then you reach situations where it's higher stress or it just doesn't seem fair. And it's hard to live into that truth. And it's just a repeating process, such a repeating reminder you have to have for yourself is that even if something is, is 100% you're not your fault, does it help? Does it make anything better to not take responsibility of what you can control out of that situation? So again, the, the a pandemic, as an example, as a gym owner, there's lots of things I can safely say that <laughs> were not fair. But if we as a team live there and got stuck there, that's not going to benefit our members. That's not going to benefit the staff or the team. That's not going to benefit the impact and the purpose we want to create. It's going to actually stagnate us and keep us complacent and cause us to fight the wrong fight and lose focus of what we're actually here for.
1: Yeah, there were definitely a lot of things that, well, like you said, felt unfair, but like... We always talk about, you know, try to control what you can control as well. And there were a lot of things that were completely out of your control. Like, couldn't say, couldn't, didn't know what necessarily was going to come down for new rules or regulations. And then it was in those moments that I think you did a really, really good job of being like, okay, here's what we got. Here are some potential solutions. You know, what do we think? as a team, like how do we navigate this while still sticking to the values and mission that we've laid out as a gym? And I know you, you talked about that, doing that with your family as well. And people, you know, kind of asking like, so you run your family like a business, but it's like, it's, it's again, one of those maybe core principles that you need to have like an aligned, well, in order to truly be successful i think and stay on track for where you want to go you do need to have some sort of mission or vision and then a set of core principles and values that either you as a business or you as a family are going to live by because how else do you make decisions when something hard comes up comes around like what are you going to lean what are you going to fall back to when those decisions come up right and that, that's what helps keep you move for, That's what helps keep keep you moving forward. I think when times are tough, is that you do have these guiding principles, and then you can take action based on that. That's the key: taking action, not just sitting there stagnant and thinking, "There's nothing I can do." Yeah, and that's the whole uh, like you see
0: people creating their own truths now, right? And that's why the world is so inconsistent is because we're not tapping into what is and has always been true. Um, like I talk about my faith a lot on here and on my Instagram page, and that my, my faith is in Jesus Christ, and I know that that's the truth. That's, but there's also other aspects of, in the world in general, there's principles and truths that you can attach to. So one example that I, a principle and truth I gleaned from the past two years is that it is more important to lose everything Staying true to your character and your values and who you are than it is to gain anything at the sacrifice of who you are,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. right? And that is like that doesn't make it easy to do. It just means that you have faith and trust that that's the truth, and that that doesn't change, and that doesn't mean that's going to enable you to be more successful. It just means that you're able to go to sleep at night knowing that you didn't sacrifice who you were, you didn't create. A trail for the next generation for your for your son or for your kids to do the same thing right it's more important to stay true to who you are and to build character and to create impact than it is to gain anything and that's a
1: never-ending journey and process and that obviously starts with you know taking some time to figure out who you do want to be or what you do want to, what principles and values you do want to embody. And I know that's why, like, if a lot of people, maybe they haven't read um, Vivid Vision, but that's kind of, I think, probably what you, I'm assuming that's what you and Jalisa kind of tried to model when you went away for your weekend. And a lot of times they say it's best to go somewhere quiet, go somewhere in nature, either, you know, if it's, by a river or in the mountains or you know on a lake somewhere and spend some time um going through basically what that book says about coming out with a like a three-year plan for where you want to be because it's not too far out there that you can't see it but it's also far enough that you could definitely achieve some pretty significant results in three years and then it you know sure. go it uh encompasses the vision the mission and the core values that you want to all have either as a family or yeah if it is a business then that's in there too or that can be you can be utilized for that too some people do separate ones separate one for family separate trip for business right
0: um yep yeah we have for the gp team we go we're gonna start going away twice a year now right mm -hmm. um to refocus that we have a meeting coming this month where we're going to revisit all that stuff and I think people hesitate to do that because they're afraid of being disappointed if they don't achieve what they set out to achieve but here's the thing if you set out an ideal you set out a mission or goal or vision for your life and you continually pursue that and it's for the right reasons and you're anchored in the right purpose there's no way that's not going to benefit you in some way shape or form it just might not be exactly what you wanted but it's better to go in the right direction and maybe miss some things than to get everything perfect and not move at all, not have any direction. Um, so if people are listening and you are interested in building a vision for either your business or your family or for your personal life, feel free to reach out and book a free call with me. Happy to help you there. Um, this has been fantastic. Tom, I always enjoy chatting with you, obviously. We get to, we haven't been able to chat as much um, because you're a busy dad. You're a busy action taker, but I was going to say, where can people find you? But I guess not TikTok right now.
1: No, I'm, I'm not really a social media guy right now. I'm not working on building up necessarily any kind of business right now. My, like we kind of go through phases in life and my phase right now is stepping back and, working but being a dad and that's where i'm focusing a lot of my time a lot of things we're working on it's a really important job a lot of um working on things to try to help my wife stay home so she doesn't have to go back to to uh to her job so we can like i said raise our raise our son on our own um but yeah i'm not really i mean i am on i am on instagram and i am on TikTok, like you said but i'm not producing a lot of content right now so you maybe won't get a lot of value from me for the next little bit
0: that's all good well if you um are interested in fitness or anything like that creative purpose health and fitness tom is a coach there um when he's not working his other job so again tom appreciate your time thanks everyone for joining